MBI Edge podcast, where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host, Ben Hammes, and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow, and enhance you and your company. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Rabner. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for being on what we're calling the MBI Edge. This is a new development here um, for MBI in our new space. And uh, I'm happy you're here today. Can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. My name is David Rabiner. David Rabiner. David Rabiner of? Rabiner Resources. Rabiner Resources. Out of Portland, Oregon. Out of Portland, Oregon. David's been with MBI for how long? You know what? I'm going to guess. Um, I'm going to guess it's at least 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. So it, it, we, um, we, we started doing some some training and some convention work, and then it evolved into the leadership experience, which has turned into a, a, a an annual thing that's just that's the highlight of my year. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you uh, originally from Chicago, I understand? Yeah, I was born in New York and raised in Chicago. All right, yeah. and then moved out to Oregon and then come back to Des Moines. And then come back to Des Moines. That's absolutely. great. Yes. What do you love about the Pacific Northwest? What, take, what, uh, what, what do you love most about being out well, Oregon? Well, you know what? It's funny, Ben, that you talk about that. When my parents moved us out to Portland, it was... Um, Summer after my sophomore year in high school, and I thought I don't want to leave my friends, and and I was so I went out there kicking and screaming, and swore to God that as soon as I'm in charge of my own life, I'm gonna move back to Chicago, and I've been out there ever since. Yeah, haven't left. It's uh, to answer your question. It's uh, now it's really pretty. Uh, Northwest weather's pretty. Um, if you're west of the Cascades, there's not much snow in the wintertime, even though the a lot of people don't know this, but the latitude of Portland is actually north of Minneapolis. Mm. But since we're west of the Cascades, we don't get uh, we get very little slow snow. Mm-hmm. That said, we just got that major snowstorm a few weeks ago. But I, I, I like being able to play golf 52 weeks a year. And, it's pretty nice. And, um, and you know, the rain's in the winter. But the summertime in Portland, and a little secret, uh, you know, as far as Oregon in the summer is, the, I believe, the prettiest place in the U.S. Hmm. Beautiful. So 52 weeks a year. How many days a week? <laughs> well, it depends on the time of year, but um, I try to I try to play at least two, three times a week if I can. Travel around, or you got a club that you play at? I play at a club. Okay, yeah. great. I've been been there for many, many years. Well, you've uh, let's go back to why you're here today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's six sessions that we have in uh, what we call the leadership experience. Well, technically, it's four times two would be eight. Yeah. The way we do it is. Um, it's a Thursday afternoon and a Friday morning once a month for four months. So we do that in December, January, February, and March. That's right. And we just completed the fourth session of the 22-23 leadership experience. Yeah, we do our six on the cornerstone and MBI in the future. I was getting that mixed up with leadership experience. That's right. Uh, you've been doing that since 2015. Um, how did the program go? It was awesome. It was a great group, a great group this year. And they're always great groups, and they're all different in different ways. But we're talking about um, highly upwardly mobile construction professionals who are looking to take their management and leadership to a higher level, and who really want to invest the time into it because it's a, you know it's a commitment to, to say I'm going to go Thursday afternoon and Friday morning once a month for four months and. Um, and it's a commitment in a lot of ways, in that we, you know, we we get in, we get into a lot of we get into a lot of material. It's a great experience. It's a lot of investment from the individual, but from the company that takes the time to invest in their people too. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, Ben, because in the you know in the old days, training was something that was done for the benefit of the company. Mm. Uh, we train them because they're here. We expect them to stay, and we'd like to make make sure that they grow and develop. Uh, training has evolved into not just a 
personal growth tool for the benefit of the company, but it's now a retention tool and that if we invest in you, you'll stay with us. And so um, we're finding a lot of people are, are, are sending their best people to training to let them know that we're as committed to your success as you are to your success. Sure. And it's changed a little bit now that we're in the new building. You used to do this in hotel banquet space. Is that uh New space been working out pretty well. It's awesome space. Good. Yeah, it's um, it, you know, it, it was it was it was fun as a person from out of state uh, to visit Cedar Rapids, to visit Cedar Falls, to sure. go to Ames and see and see you know and kind of bounce around a little bit. But um, you can't you can't you can't beat this this the space you have here. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's great. What what anything stick out to you about this year's attendees uh, compared to years in the past? Well, we just did their presentations that are that that are that are a fun part of the. Uh, of the end of the program, and we really we, we liked the way they're all given the same assignment, but they had different presentations, and they were all different. So you give it's interesting you give you give a group of professionals the same instructions and give them some creative license, and they end up going in four different directions that were all really largely five different directions that were all very creative. What was the assignment? Oh, it's the vision experience that we have that where we ask them to um, to tell me what's ahead, but don't tell me what's ahead based upon your prediction. Tell me what's ahead based upon what's in your heart. What would be really cool? And um, and we're, we get them to not necessarily forecast, but wish for 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 where construction really is going to be. Hmm. And, um, and and it takes some again. You're taking smart people who are in their heads and getting them out of their heads and more into their hearts and into their passion and watching them get into that call it an uncomfortable zone, but they don't act like it's uncomfortable and they really enjoy it. Sure. Uh, coupled along with the leadership, leadership experience, excuse me, there's private coaching sessions you've been involved with. Um, you know, you had to sit one-on-one -on -one in our huddle room over here. What is it that you try to provide in those sessions that are different from the, the classroom setting? Well, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you asked that because it, uh, because what it does is it, it's, it centers on what the leadership experience is all about anyway for me. Uh, and to give you a little bit of background, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm primarily a convention speaker, so I spend most of my time doing, you know, 90-minute programs for, at, at convention work. Or if it's training, training typically is a one-day thing, a three-and-a-half-hour program. If I'm lucky, it's an all-day program. The leadership experience is terrific for me because I get an opportunity to work with a group of people and then walk back in the room and actually know the names of the people I'm actually meeting mm. because I've worked with them before. And it's the only time in the year that I have an opportunity. You're, you're, you're my only client who has this type of commitment. And mm. so, so for me... To have, be able to have that kind of impact on a group, to be able to, to work and see people evolve over time is really spectacular. So to answer your question specifically relating to the coaching, it allows me to take an even additional step, which is to pull these individuals out of the class and one-on-one -on -one sit and talk to them about their own, their own goals, their own direction, their own you know, the, the, their own things that are in their way and, and, uh, and see how I can tailor the program to actually meet their individual. And it's professional and personal. Am I right? Yeah, we get into the personal to the degree that we can. I yeah. mean, I don't want to certainly intrude into a portion of my life that uh, of their lives that I don't belong. Sure. But, um, but to the degree that we want to mix what it is they're doing with some of the challenges that they have on the personal side, I'm certainly glad to do that. So without giving this too much of a softball question, some of the the challenges that leaders face today. What's unique about our industry's leaders' challenges compared to, I don't know, farming, manufacturing, pick another industry? What's unique about construction leaders' uh, challenges today? Well, that's a, 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 that's a difficult question for me because right now the challenges that face leaders, or I'll answer it this way, there used to be different challenges that people have in different different 
industries or professions. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, because of the labor shortage, mm -hmm. everybody has the same challenge. Sure. And, uh, and, and while there are nuances that are certainly different in construction related to what's happening on the, on the trade side and what's happening in the office and those types of challenges, but for the most part, everybody's issue everywhere, no matter what line of work you're in, is how do we attract, motivate, and retain the highest quality people? And yep. it's particularly difficult in certain areas like construction. Yeah. No, I just got done with a, a luncheon with uh, some local nonprofits that were talking about recruitment uh, in some of the inner city groups and trying to get them acclimated with the trades and what leaders are doing to try to bring them over. And we got into this discussion about, you know, it's one thing to just have bodies in our industry, but it's, it's development of the folks that want to be in the industry and how do you keep them in the industry? You get them to that flavor, give them that piece of whatever it is. It's a company benefit. It's a wage scale. It's, it's, it's being able to be home at night, whatever that attraction is in the beginning, but then developing them and keeping them in the industry. That, that is where we're focused on now. Well, and that's a challenge because, um, well, what I, what, what I like to say with the labor shortage, which, of course, was exacerbated by the pandemic recently, mm -hmm. is that everything sort of flip-flopped. Mm -hmm. What used to be this is now just totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at, for example, in the construction industry, traditionally, back when there are so many more, more people than there were jobs, there was a huge... Um, emphasis in, the, in, in our country to try to get as many people to graduate from college as possible, uh, simply because of the fact that you, and you needed advanced degrees to be, in, to, to be an elementary school teacher. I mean, it's just, that, that's, that's what I recall growing up. And now we're in a situation where getting some of the old school people in education to realize that in construction, there is a big future for people, for example, in the trades, without having to go to an advanced education and go to go the more vocational route, and, 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 and they can make a good business in this line of work, and right. you can't do it if you've got the ed system fighting you. Right, and, it, and it's, it's the ed system, uh, and to some degree, it, it's the most motivating factor in that child's life, and it's the parents and the parental decisions that are in you know, completely influencing their kids' lives. That's, Absolutely. That's a very, very big challenge. Yeah. So You're right with that. And, of course, the parents grew up in the previous generation, and therefore they, they believe it's the previous rules. And we're always going to have, in our industry, we say this, we're going to have the ones that did it because Dad did it and because Grandpa did it and because Great Grandpa did it. That's not our problem. But how do we get to the other industry, the other folks? I, I use In Iowa, I use farming as a, the perfect example. We don't do a good enough job getting to the, the young 4-H and FFA kids. These are, these are kids that may not take over because their older brother is going to take over the farm or it's too expensive to get into farming. Whatever the reason is, these are, these are kids, men and women, that are wired in a very specific way to want to use their hands and make things better and to build things. And I think we have such an opportunity in this state and in our industry specifically to get after that population that's just untapped. That's, that, that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, David. I appreciate you taking some time for being here today. I have one last question. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a current events junkie. I asked this a lot on my podcast so far in very, very general terms. What is one thing that it's sticking out to you in today's world that is kind of a light bulb moment? Yeah. You know, something you read, something you've studied recently, something that just made you go, wow. What, is that really how we're revolving? You know, I'll give you an example. The last one, AI, artificial intelligence, is the one that's oftentimes brought up. The amount of, of, of our world that's going to change because of chat GPT. 
What's the one thing that sticks out to you? Well, I think I think if you're going to refer to it from that perspective, I mean, that's the thing that is, and, and it ties into the leadership experience in terms of the visioning work that we do there. Hmm. Is 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 that things are happening today that we didn't think were going to happen for another 5, 10, 15 years sure. on a regular basis. And so what that means is that when we're forecasting and anticipating the future, what we think is way far out is going to be on top of us soon, so we better start planning for it. And in the news, that we're, I'm constantly seeing things that, wow, we didn't think that was going to happen that quickly. Yeah. Well, thanks again, David. Um, folks can find you online somewhere. Rabiner.com, R-A-B-I-N-E-R. Thank you. Very good. Well, thanks a lot again. Uh, Safe travels home back to Oregon. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's been real.